Good morning to everybody. Great to see everybody today. It really is how blessed we are to be able to be here to worship God together at this time in this place. We're going to take a break this morning from our series on the devil's worst day. We'll pick that up again next Sunday morning. But today being a special day in our country today, culturally, uh, where we stop and we think about how much we love mom and how much we we uh, owe to our mothers, at least it should be that way in our minds, and it should be that way in reality as to how moms raise, our ch raise us as children. Uh, I've entitled the lesson, Mom, She Who Shapes and Molds. Generally speaking, mothers spend more time with their children, raising them, shaping them, molding them for their growing up years and then for their adult, for their adult lives than fathers do. And that's not saying fathers are negligent necessarily, although we've got some problems in our country right now along that line, some big problems. And also some big problems, you know, with mothers sometimes being negligent. But that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about just the love of a mom for her children. It's different from the love of a father for, her, for his children. It's not saying it's, it's necessarily better or his is not as good. It's just different. Patience is something we really have to learn, isn't it? Preachers have to learn patience, let me tell you. Appreciate all of those who make the technology work, really do. And uh, so, anyway, glad we have a backup. But when I say moms generally spend more time with their children than dads, that's because, generally speaking, dads spend more time away from home working and earning a living to take care of the family. And moms are there more often to be with the children and take care of them during the day and raise them up. Now, that's, that's important. And, and you might say, well, wait a minute. I, I know that, that my mom had to work when I was growing up. My mother worked when I was growing up a whole lot of the time. Sometimes she did not, but a whole lot of the time she did. I was what was called a latchkey kid. I'd walk to school in the morning, I'd come home for lunch, and uh, I'd have a key, and I'd come up, I'd come go back to school, I'd come home in the evening, I'd let myself in, I'd had chores I was supposed to do once I got in the house after school, and uh, that's the way it was. And I, I think I turned out, yeah, pretty good as far as responsibility is concerned. And, but, but we're, we're in, our, in our culture right now, a lot of times it requires two incomes. But even in that particular situation or scenario, still it seems that moms, even if they have to work a job, they still seem to spend a little more time with their kids than, than the fathers do. But, but again, it's not saying that's unbalanced. It's not saying one's better than the other one. It's just 
there's a special bond between a mother and her children. It's just unique. There's more of a, maybe a tenderness than between the father and his children. Maybe, you know, because there's a difference in the, in the male and the female, and that's a good thing. And so moms really have that bond, that love, that closeness, that tenderness is so important, so important. Look at the awesome responsibility that the scriptures through the apostle Paul in this particular case place upon mothers. Titus chapter two, beginning with verse four, that they admonish the young women to love their husbands, to love their children, to love their children, to be discreet, to be chaste, homemakers, good, obedient to their own husbands, that the word of God may not be blasphemed. And to effectively lead her children to walk with God, that's responsibility of moms as well as dads. But now in order for that to be able to be fulfilled effectively, then mom's got to be a godly person herself, doesn't she? 1 Timothy 2 and verse 15, nevertheless, she will be saved in childbearing if they continue in faith, love, and holiness with self-control. And so moms bear a responsibility not just to raise her children, make sure they've got three meals a day and make sure the clothes are washed and make sure that all the other physical necessities are taken care of, but she also has a responsibility to teach them about God. And she'll find opportunities to do that during the day, maybe just through object lessons that will come up and she'll say, okay, now here, let me talk to you about this. I remember a... Uh, an older preacher many, many years ago, I happened to be in the hospital at that time, he came to visit me. He told me about an object lesson his father used on him when he was a little boy. He was a hard worker. And so he said, you know, we were out in the woods one day and if I think his father said, I think he said his father cut a tree down. And so when the tree fell, he looked at the, the fallen tree and then he called his son over. He said, come here, come here. He said, you see that squirrel's nest there in that tree? And of course, the little boy, yeah, I see it. He said, you see, there's nuts in that, tree, in, that, in that squirrel's nest. He said, now, if a squirrel is smart enough, wise enough to gather food and eat some when he needs it, then put some away for later, we ought to be that smart too. And that was a lesson the little boy never forgot. And he really lived that lesson through the rest of his life from all the time I knew him. He was industrious and a hard worker as well as a gospel preacher. And he was, he was a hard worker at that as well. Well, moms, she'll find object lessons through the day, but she'll also take opportunities to just bring up the subject about, you know, God loves you. Have prayer together with her little ones as they eat their lunch, eat their breakfast. You know, it, She'll find ways to talk about God. And that's a responsibility that God places upon us and we're told about in scripture. In Proverbs 23, verses 24 and 25, the wise man wrote this, the father of the righteous will greatly rejoice. Boy, isn't that true? When dads see their children grow up to be righteous in their lifestyles, to be godly, to be faithful to God and dedicated to God, but then it goes on and it says, and he who begets a wise child will delight in him. Let your father and mother be glad and let her who bore you rejoice. Ah, 
What a load it takes off of mom's heart to see her children grow up and become godly children, be, be respectful, to be productive, to be responsible in their lifestyle. We all need to live in such a way that we bring that kind of honor and that kind of comfort and, and assurance to our, to our mother. There can be no greater joy, literally, than for a mother to see her son or daughter or all of her children walking with God in consistent faithfulness and dedication. And so we as children need to think about that and, and think about how can I, how can I really make, God, uh, make, make mom happy? I can live responsibly. I can walk with God. I can be godly. In Luke chapter 1 and verse 28, what a great statement was made about Mary the mother of Jesus to be at that particular time. As the angel Gabriel was announcing to her that God had chosen her to be the birth mother of Jesus come into this world in physical form. And so having come in, the angel said to her, rejoice, highly favored one, highly favored one. The Lord is with you and blessed are you among women. You know, I can't think of a greater, more honoring epitaph on a tombstone or simply a statement made by a husband toward his wife or children toward her, their mother. Blessed are you among women. You are such a wonderful mom. Blessed are you among women. I love you so much. I care so much about you. Thank you for all you do for me and have done for me. And especially maybe as the children become adults on their own and get a little bit up in years themselves, maybe up into their 30s and 40s, and they spend time with mom and they say, you know, you are so blessed. I'm so blessed that you are my mom. I don't know that there's anything from the physical perspective that could bring more joy to the heart of a mother than a statement like that from her children. Abraham Lincoln, I think commonly thought of to be one of our greatest presidents, said, all that I am and all that I hope to be, I owe to my angel mother. And I can make a statement along that same line too, to a great extent. How can mothers best fulfill their God-given responsibilities toward their children? And that's something that, that all of us as parents ought to be asking ourselves, how can I be the best mother, the best father that I can be, the best parent? Well, first, first thing we need to do, and we need to be honest about this. And again, we're talking about self-examination on Wednesday nights in our Bible class. And I, I brought out a couple of times, self-examination is painful because you're starting to recognize, hey, I, I do have some flaws in my life. So what, what can a mother do? And this would apply certainly to fathers as well, but, but first, what can I do to live up to, fulfill to the greatest ability I can, my God-given authorities toward my children? First, I need to ask myself the soul-searching question. And it is soul searching and it is painful because it's a question of self-examination. 
Do I want my children to grow up to be just like me? That's a stunning question, isn't it? We stop and think, we ask ourselves honestly, do I want my children to grow up to be just like me? Hmm. To take the same course in life that I've taken, to make the same decisions, to make the same kinds of mistakes and experience the same kinds of consequences? Interesting, interesting. Ezekiel chapter 16, verse 44, there's a proverb. Indeed, everyone who quotes Proverbs will use this proverb against you like mother, like daughter. Well, when we run this through our minds, would we think like mother, like daughter? Would that bring a smile to our face? Or would it give us pause to, thought, to, to, to think? Like mother, like daughter. Now, if that would give us pause. And if we would start to, yeah, I don't, I, I want my, my daughter to do better. I want my son to do better. Then we need to stop and, 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 and give pause. And we need to, to think about, okay, do I need to change my life before my children? If not, we need to ask that question to ourselves. And again, honestly, in 1 Samuel chapter 1, verse 11, one of the great mother stories in the Bible, Hannah the, son, uh, the, the mother of, of Samuel to be. And she was without child. She so wanted to have especially a son to present to her husband. And, and it, it just hurt her so much that she would go year after year barren. And she prayed to the Lord. And notice how she prayed. She made a vow and said, O Lord of hosts, if you will indeed look on the affliction of your maidservant and indeed uh, remember me and not forget your maidservant, but will give your maidservant a male child, then I will give him to the Lord all the days of his life. And no razor shall come upon his head. Now that would have been a Nazarite vow, I believe, that last part. But I will give him to the Lord all the days of his life. Please give me that, that male child and I will give him back to you. She was blessed with that son. God answered her prayer in the affirmative and she was faithful to her vow to God. She gave him back to God. She raised him to follow God, to serve God. Now, I'm sure that that did not end the relationship between Hannah and her son, but she turned him over to be a servant of God on a full-time basis. She loved God, she loved her son, but she stayed, full, she stayed true to that vow. Now, how, how can I be that parent I need to be? Every parent's mindset should be to raise their children in the Lord, first and foremost. We say, well, you know, I, I, I wanna save some money, I wanna start a savings account so when my daughter, my son, they grow up, you know, go through high school, we've got a college fund for them. That's fine, that's great, but they don't need to go to college necessarily. Now, I'm not putting that down. I went to college, it's a great thing, but that's not first and foremost, really, in their needs. Well, I wanna, I wanna make sure that, that, that they have a lot of social activity, that they go, are, are walking in the right circles and that, that you know, they're involved in athletics and after school curriculum and all, that's great. That can be extremely beneficial, but that's not the most important thing. 
for their development and growing up and taking their place ultimately in life as adults. The most important thing is to raise them in the Lord, help them get to heaven. That should be a parent's number one goal above all others. I want to get my children to heaven. How can I do that as a mom? Quickly, first, from the time you're expectant with child, begin to pray, and not just for physical, but for spiritual well-being of that child. What do we usually ask when, when, you know, a mother just gives birth? Maybe we'll ask the father, because mom's at home, she's recovering from that and taking care of the little one. But anyway, what do we say? Everything okay. Oh yeah, got all their toes and fingers, you know, everything's in the right place. Well, that's great. And that's probably kind of what we first focus in on, zero in on. But pray not just for their physical well-being, but pray for their spiritual well-being with your child. And then live the life where they see that emphasis in your life before them and for them. And never stop praying. Pray that God will give you the guidance that you need as a mother. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 15 and 16, rejoice always, pray without ceasing. We need to be praying specifically for our children because they're growing up in a time and in a culture when they are bombarded with all kinds of evil and wickedness, temptations from the devil to walk in sinfulness of all kinds and turn away from God. Second, teach your children to love and be dedicated to God above all else. When Jesus was asked, what is the great commandment in the law? He said, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. And in Luke's account, he added, with all your strength. Teach teach your children to love God, to love Jesus to that extent. Teach them about how much God loves them. John 3 and verse 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Teach them, and what a great, great experience it is for a mother to to walk into her little one's bedroom at night when he or she is getting ready for bed and see them kneel down at the side of their bed with their hands folded and they're saying a prayer. Now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. If I should die before I wake, I pray the Lord my soul to take. God bless mommy and daddy and brother and sister and on and on and on it goes. Because mama taught them that prayer when they were real little. She prayed that prayer with them every night, every night that came for month after month and year after year. And now they're following through, but as they get a little bit older, they start, they start adding their own words to the prayer. But mama got them started. What a great experience that is. Teach them that song about how much Jesus loves them. Jesus loves me, this I know. What a great song. Little child song, we think. No, it should, be a grand, uh, it should be a parent song as well. Think about that other song. Jesus loves the little children. Teach your children that. 
Teach them about how much God loves them. Third, prepare them, prepare them to come to Jesus, their Lord and Savior, as they become old enough to make that, that decision for themselves. That great invitation that Jesus extended in Matthew 11, verse 28, come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I'm gentle and lowly in heart, and you shall find rest for your souls. That's an invitation to our children as they're getting old enough to understand what it means to come to Jesus and what it means to be needing to be forgiven of their sins. That's an invitation to them as well as it is to adults all around the world in every generation. Teach them, teach them, prepare them to come to their savior. Teach them about forgiveness through Jesus Christ. Because again, right now in our culture, in this land, teenagers are really under tremendous stress. If you want to look up the statistics as to one of the leading causes of death among teens, it's suicide. Now, the first time I, I, I read that, it, that shocked me. And I read that many years ago, and it's still the case today. I think... A teenager committing suicide? He's got his life ahead of him. He's got the tiger by the tail, so to speak. But they're committing suicide in huge percentage numbers. Help them to be insulated against that kind of temptation by teaching them, God's got you. He's got you. Whatever you're facing, whatever challenges, whatever stresses, look, pray about it. And, and, and just remember, God's always there with you as long as you're walking with him. That you can be forgiven. If you did something wrong, God's ready to forgive you. He wants to forgive you. The apostle Paul, before he became a Christian, you talk about a man who needed forgiveness, violent persecution against the church. He would try to force Christians to blaspheme the name of Christ. And then he learned how wrong he had been. And so Jesus sent a man named Ananias, a Christian man, to teach him the gospel. And he came to Saul and he said, why are you waiting? Arise and be baptized and wash away your sins, calling in the name of the Lord. I wonder if it flashed through Saul's mind and later he would become known as Paul. You mean God can forgive me? And sometimes our children, they're carrying some burden that a lot of times mama and daddy don't know is there. And so when they do something rash, it's a shock to the parents. Teach them that they can be saved and that they can have eternal life. Mark 16, 15 and 16, as Jesus was ready to ascend back to heaven, he told the apostles to go into all the world, preach the gospel to all creation. He who believes and is baptized shall be saved. He who does not believe shall be condemned. Teach them, teach them to follow Jesus obediently, to be faithful to God. Teach them that Jesus said, you know, one way you show your love for me is to keep my commandments, John 14 and verse 15. And teach them that Jesus said, if you just be faithful until death, I'll give you the crown of life. And that's eternal life. 
Teach them that they've got something better to look forward to. Whatever rigors, whatever trials, whatever temptations, whatever stress they're experiencing in these growing up years, God is always there with them as long as they always are there with God. And he'll see you through. He's got you. Fourth, raise them in the ways of godliness, purposefully and consistently. The Apostle Paul wrote in Ephesians 6 and verse 4, and you fathers, but now this is for parents as a whole, do not provoke your children to wrath, but bring them up in the training and admonition or the teaching and discipline of the Lord. That needs to be a primary focus in your teaching them and preparing them as they are growing up. Your children getting to heaven, and this is something each one of us, mom, dad, we need to recognize and we need to take responsibility for. Your children getting to heaven depends largely upon you and how you're raising them, how you're teaching them, the example you're living before them day in and day out. Proverbs 22 and verse 6, train up a child in the way he should go and when he is old, he will not depart from it. And then also in Ecclesiastes 12 and verse 1, remember now your creator in the days of your youth before the difficult days come and the years draw near when you say, I have no pleasure in them. The later years in life, raise them, raise them to be obedient to God. Teach them about getting to heaven and how that ought to be their ultimate goal. And follow the examples of Timothy's mother and grandmother. Think about that. In 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 5, Paul, he, he reminds Timothy, writing this letter to him. He said, when I call to remembrance the genuine faith that is in you, the genuine faith in you, you are a man of faith, he's telling him, which first dwelt in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, as I am persuaded, is in you also. Paul is telling Timothy, it's no, it's no accident that you became the man of faith that you are, the dedicated Christian that you are. You got that from grandma and mama. They taught you. In the third chapter, in verse 15, he reminds Timothy again that from childhood, you have known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. How did Timothy know the Scriptures? How did he know the Bible? Because grandma and mama taught him, taught him from his childhood up. What a great example. What a great lesson for us, an encouragement for us. And then fifth, teach your children to put Jesus first in their lives. Jesus said, he who loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. He who loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. He's not saying there, don't love father or mother, don't love son or daughter. He's just teaching the precedent. You must love me first. If you love me first, you're going to love your children. You're going to love your parents. Matthew 10, verse 37. And then sixth, teach them to always be careful in how they live their lives. Always be careful. Think and not just from a physical perspective, but think through a spiritual prism and lens 
Ephesians 5, beginning with verse 15, see then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. And if there's ever a time when our nation needed God, it's right now. The days are evil all around us. Teach them to always be careful how they live their lives. Teach them that the devil is always out there throwing temptations at them of all kinds and using all kinds of avenues to hit them with those temptations. 1 Peter 5, verses 8 and 9. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, your enemy, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour, knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. Teach them to resist the devil effectively, powerfully, successfully by walking with God. And that's the only way they can. James 4, verses 7 and 8. Therefore, submit to God, resist the devil. He will flee from you. Teach them how they can make the devil run. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, your sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. And then finally, finally, we talked about how What a great statement, what a great testimony can be made to a mama when children, husband, other family members, friends, they say, you're so blessed among among women, so blessed. What an example you are of a godly mother. Teach your children that the best thing that can be said of them as they grow up and get ready to meet their Lord is that he walked with God. She walked with God. It was said of a man named Enoch, Genesis chapter 5 and verse 21 and verse 24, and Enoch walked with God. It was said of Noah in a day when almost everybody had turned away from God. But of Noah, it was said, this is the genealogy of Noah. Noah was a just man, perfect in his generations. Noah walked with God. I don't think there could be anything greater said of anybody alive at any time than someone, when that name is brought up of that person saying, that person walks with God. Teach your children that they want people to notice and think in their minds, that person walks with God. Mom, how great you are. How blessed you are. What a great responsibility God has put upon you. And what a great teacher you are to your children in fulfilling that responsibility. The Lord's invitation is to all of us. If we are at the point where we need to repent of our sins, confess our faith in Jesus openly as God's son and our Lord and Savior, moms, dads, teach your children this, then we can do exactly that. We can be baptized into Christ and the blood that he shed on the cross because God loves the little children. God loves the adults. God loves the elderly. And he sent his son to die on that cross to pay the price for the guilt of our sins, the perfect sacrifice. And you can 
take advantage of that by being baptized for the remission of your sins this very day. If you need the prayers of the church, we're here. If you just step forward or talk with us privately, let us know. We'll pray with you and for you. How blessed we are to be parents. If you need to come to our Heavenly Father, through God the Son, Jesus Christ, won't you come right now as we stand together and sing.